Hi, welcome to our podcast. Uh, we're from Impact Planning Group. I'm Mary Abazia and Tom Spitali and Sean Wellam are with me. And uh, in this season, we're talking about cases and we look at real life and uh, there's so many lessons to learn that uh, we've picked our favorites. And uh, today we're gonna talk about Tesla. Um, and the reason is, is it's such a great live pricing case. I mean, we examine pricing on pretty much everything, but to see this in action is is pretty exciting. Um, you know, as the uh, electric vehicles EV market is evolving, and Tesla is one of the key players. Uh, it is interesting to see that Tesla has dropped their price not once but twice now um, in the last couple of months. In January they dropped, and then again just recently. And in effect, what they've done is drop prices by over 20%, okay? <laughs> That's a lot when you're talking about a lot of money for a car because they're you know premium price. So for example, um, last year's Model X, because they have S and then it looks like a three, but it's really an E, X, Y. So they have Sexy is their product line of which X is one of them. And it was $120,000 and now it's really affordable, it's 94. Uh, nine nine zero. <laughs> so it's it's you know you say twenty six thousand dollars by buying this car, uh, and then uh, the least expensive one is Model Three, which is really E, uh, and that's forty six thousand, and now it can be uh, now it's forty one thousand. So you can see that they're doing something with their pricing, uh, and so my question always is, why and why now? And uh, so I'm going to open this up to, to Sean. What do you think they're doing? What you know? What's going on? You know, I got to be disciplined. There's so much I can talk. Tesla is one of the most fascinating case studies from lots of different directions, specifically pricing. And I, I need. I'm going to tell myself to stay on task and just talk about the the issue. Let me just do a baseline first, which is te Tesla is a a company that was valued just a year or so ago at, at $1.2 trillion. It's, it was worth more than pretty much the rest of the automotive sector put together. You know, it became the most valuable car manufacturer. And then once it had achieved that status, that the absolute status of being the, the, the most valuable, it then we had to have relative status. It, it's, it's worth more than the next two. It's more than the top five. Now, it, then it was worth more than the entire industry. It's come back since then, dropped by 60-odd percent. Um, and it had a recent, another recent price correction this year. Early this year, uh, its stock price dropped about 12%, which incidentally was still the value of a Ford. Right? They, they lost the equivalent market value of <laughs> Ford based on what you're talking about, Mary, which is this, this pricing thing. And, the, and the, the sentiment of the market is, do we treat Tesla like a tech stock, which the multiples would suggest? Or do we treat it like a, a more of an old-fashioned metal-bashing car manufacturer, which is sort of where it might be leading to, albeit a very profitable one? So the, so the baseline is this. They're, they're a business that sells 1.3 million cars a year. They've had some issues recently where supply and demand has been getting a little bit out of whack. The demand has been softening. Competition's increasing. And as a consequence, their pricing move is a strategic move. And the question... I guess we can kick around is what are they looking to achieve with that pricing move? Is it margin maximization? Is it to maximize the capacity of the factory? 
is it a barrier to entry? And I guess that's that's where we should maybe maybe pick one of those to dig in a little deeper. Was one of those demand, Sean, to stimulate demand? Would you say one of those reasons? Yeah, absolutely, to stimulate demand for their product. Yeah, the the reason uh, I, I'd love to debate these. The reason I think that it wasn't necessarily to stimulate demand is, you know, why would they lower the price on the high end? You know, they which which model was that, Mary? The X, the one that went from one twenty to ninety something. Yeah, that was the X. Their most expensive actually is, um, um, yeah, it's, it's Model X Plaid, which is 104, which was 138 before. So, yeah. Yeah, because I, I just think, I know that Elon Musk has always wanted to create a uh, Tesla, for the, Tesla for the masses, right? And so that makes sense that he's trying to do some things on the lower end of the model range. But we as a company uh, work primarily with premium price products, or at least a lot with premium price products in the marketplace. Our clients tend to be on the upper end of the price scale. And we know that people that are buying premium products are way less price sensitive than people that are on a budget. So I am discounting a bit that the reasons for the, the price cut was to stimulate demand because I think we would have seen a lot less aggressive activity on the upper end to sort of kind of make up for what they probably necessarily had to do on the lower end. What do you guys think about that? I, I think there's there's got to be a consequence for demand. There's, there's always a price response curve. And classically, you drop price, you're going to sell more of the product, get all everything else being held constant. So there the will be, whether that was the motivation or the consequence for it, I think the the idea that the the, the price drop has to be seen in, in, I guess, two contexts. One is they're massively profitable compared to a typical auto sector. They, they make margins of, a, I think it's 28% gross margin, which is about 19 points higher than, than Ford, about... 13 points higher than Toyota. These are big, fat margins. Gives you a lot of latitude when it comes to uh, your pricing. Because you only need to know two things to establish a, a target price, which is the price response curve, how sensitive your market is to that price, and your, your contribution margin, which is kind of related to gross margins. It tends to be a little bit bigger, but let's not get into technical accounting terms. If you know the, those two things, you can set a price to, to maximize capacity if they have a capacity to the factory or to maximize contribution by understanding how, how the volume will change. So it will definitely have a consequence, but whether that was the motivation is, I guess, the the question that we don't know and how much of it was forced upon them versus a, a sort of a voluntary move, uh, uh, an aggressive move. I think there's, I think there was a confluence of events, you know, they're humming along and there's a supply shortage uh, for a while because of the chips and, you know, just what had happened recently, you know, coming out of the pandemic sort of. So they had the supply force and then they had um, the competition coming in because everyone, you know, it's really heating up now. So they're looking at that. And then they had this kind of image problem or at least Elon Musk had an image 
problem, you know, with the whole Twitter fiasco. And I felt like uh, if you see those three factors, and then I like what you said, Sean, you do the math on it, you know, where you look at the response curves and, and what we're trying to, to um, maximize, whether it's volume or margins. Um, I think they looked at it and said, yeah, we have to do this. And as you said, they had a lot more flexibility or latitude to be able to drop that price pretty significant. I mean, if you're going to do it, don't do a little bit. And it kind of, it, I feel like it just smacked Ford right in the, between the eyes because Ford had to respond and they had to lower their prices. So poor Ford, here they are, they're planning to bring out their products they have, and it's expensive. So they're probably not making a profit for a little while. And then here comes Musk, he drops the, the price down. So, you know, Ford has to drop their price down. And so all of a sudden now it's going to take a lot longer to pay out on those investments that they're making. So I just I just think that the game has really started and he he knew when to punch. Basically, I think that's probably true that, that he's that pioneer. You know, he's 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 changed a lot of things, not least of which making the electric vehicles somewhat sexy and cool and desirable where they was seen previously as a. Uh, as a step down from an internal combustion engine and and maybe a necessity, but not very exciting. He changed that. Um, and the technology that goes into them is also a big aspect that Tesla have brought to it. Another thing that's changed though is, is in the car business. And I, as you guys know, I spent a lot of time working in the, in the auto industry when I, when I lived and worked in the U S and there was some things that were just sacrosanct. They were never changed. And one of those things was discounting the headline price of your car manufacturers just would never do it. If they wanted to stimulate demand, what they would do is they would, they would allocate a lump of money, say $3,000 per car. They would give that to the finance company. As you know, I worked in a bank that did joint ventures with automakers. They would give us the money so we would enhance the residual value for a lease so if we thought that car would be worth 15 grand in three years, they would give us money to say, call it 18 grand. So they're taking money off the top of the deal to support the future price, but they're still showing the retail sticker to the customers not moving. And Tesla's changed all that. And that's really going to shake the market up because people are not used in the car industry to headline discounts. They're used to support money, what they call trunk money, money that's just given with the car. That's how... They've done it forever, and now they're being forced into this pretty crude but more honest straight discounting. I'm knocking some price off for you guys. Well, Sean, uh, one of the things, they sell direct, so I, I wonder if that factored into their ability to – I mean, no one else sells direct. They all go through dealers, so I wonder if that factors into the way that the game got played there. Absolutely did. That and the le le they're less dependent on the leasing companies. Don't forget Ford have Ford Motor Credit. GM have GMAC, you know, all these in-house funding arms are, are such a huge part of marketing mass-produced cars. Um, residual values aren't such a big deal for Tesla. So they can play, I, I won't say fast and loose. That's how it appears to the rest of the industry. These new kids on the block, they've shaken up production, technology, electric vehicles, and now they're shaking up the fundamentals of how cars are, are valued and financed. Um and they've got the, the 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 fat on their bones to do it with those massive gross margins. It's a really interesting time. Yeah, I love the pioneering. I love the pioneering spirit and 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 the willingness to shake up the industry. What I 
as a marketer, what I'm going to be fascinated, fascinated to watch is, as we all know, price is a huge part of brand, you know, and, you know, Tesla has been kind of like the premium price, uh, top of the line electric vehicle. And if it's now not the most expensive one, does that cause confusion in the marketplace? And do people wonder really what, what the brand um, stands for? And, and I still go back to this idea of the high, the high end and why would they, you know, so, so drastically reduce the high end? I mean, frankly, a lot of people, it's a, a point of pride how much they paid for their car. So it seems to me that they're taking some money, uh, they're leaving some money on the table unnecessarily. And I think Wall Street has punished them a bit for that. I think that's probably part of the reason behind it. But I also hate to sound like, you know, I'm sticking to these, you know, old school principles, Sean, when you talk about this this idea, this innovative idea of taking money, would you say call them taking money off the top or however you yeah. characterize yeah, I, I, it? I love it. I love it. I love when people do that kind of thing and show that they're willing to break the bounds of what's been done in their industry in the past. So I'm I I am just uh, I don't know where this is going to go, but I'll, it's sure going to be fascinating to watch it. Well, you've got some. Think about that. The brand, right? It's p- particularly in cars. Brand and cars and the price you pay for a car are all linked, as you said, that they're, they're, they're a part of the brand is the price that you pay. And they need to be careful because are they a luxury brand, high-tech brand? Other brands are coming in. BMW 5 Series is going all electric. Um, my uncle rocked up at a family do this weekend in a Jaguar all electric you know all of the premium brands out there have got these all electric um vehicles and in many cases they're being forced to by legislation so how much will jaguar and porsche and bentley and others how much will their premium carry through into ev and start to erode tesla's first mover position is discounting undermining some of their brand power you know is 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 the Elon Musk association, he's a very controversial figure. He divides opinion. His association with Tesla will, to some, enhance the brand, to others will tarnish the brand. And if you do segmentation, I would imagine, and I've not done the, 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 the exercise, a lot of Tesla buyers are going to be more of the left-leaning, liberal, progressive types, you would imagine. And if that's the case, they're going to react less good to the Elon Musk Twitter persona that comes into the I think that whole area, how it's going to play out, Tom, I don't know. But I think that is the crux of the whole thing is what is Tesla's brand and how will it survive this increased competition, reduced prices and and so forth this, this coming few years? Yeah, it's, it, it is interesting when we look at other product lines. Um, typically, if you're going to go real low end, you give it a different brand, you know, and and the name is somewhat hidden or in, in Toyota and Lexus case, you know, you go high end, you give it a different name, but you somehow, like Tom's saying, you divide it. 
I remember when Mercedes brought out a very low end and it felt like a tin can and they got rid of that model finally because it was, it was not doing their brand any good. So I love the question you, you said, Tom, about why are they reducing prices on all of their brands and not just, you know, either coming up with an affordable brand or a platform for affordable. Yeah. Um, why does, why does uh, you know, just to take it into it, like a little bit of a different industry for a second. What happens every time Walmart tries to go upscale in their merchandise line? Failure, you know? Brand does make a difference. And we as human beings simplify brands and associate brands with a few words, maybe even subconsciously, we don't even think about it. But if forced to, we, we can spout out a few words that signifies every brand, every successful brand very succinctly and specifically. And when a brands become confused in our brains, it is not a good thing. We're overwhelmed. It's just getting more, you know, worse over time. The bombardment that we have with advertising and marketing, you've got to be very specific with your brand. And I just wonder if Tesla is confusing the issue to their own detriment. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see where they go. Um, just, I mean, we we talk about, we teach pricing all the time. And one of the things that we often say is, you know, you can be a market leader, but that doesn't mean you're a price leader. Um, you know, a market leader has the most share, which Tesla does. But a price leader is when you change your price, does somebody follow you? And right now, Tesla has the ability but my guess, if I had to, you know, put money on it over the next year, is China has some uh, has their uh, product coming out, and they could shake up the market even more than what Tesla is right now, and and really change the pricing structure, and they would become the pricing leaders then. So we'll have to see what happens. Interesting times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we hope that you, um, I mean, especially where this case is evolving, you take a few things from it and apply it to your business, or at least think about what you should be doing with your pricing. And especially when it comes to thinking about the, as Sean said, the, the demand curve, you know, how much price sensitivity or elasticity is in your market and what it was before might be different in this new era, you know, as we're, we're changing our economic times. So good luck and thank you. Thank you.